Alrighty, friends, we're back for your favorite podcast show of the week. It's Location Weekly. This is episode number 656, which we're recording on February the 5th. Yes, it is already February. What are we only like three weeks until uh, spring training baseball starts, Abriana, something like that? Yeah, pitchers report soon. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. right? Super Bowl is it, it, coming up. Yeah, Super Bowl this this coming weekend. Um, lots going on. And uh, yeah, busy times. So we just had the NHL All-Star game and All-Star weekend here in Toronto over the, the this past weekend, which I was at, which was amazing. Nice. Um, so that was a lot of fun because it hasn't been here since 2000 and like 2000, actually. I think it was when it was here last. So it's been a long time. Anyhow. We have a good show for you this week. Uh, we actually only have three stories because we have a guest interview uh, that we're going to share with you as well. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll just jump right into it, I guess, with Abriana kicking us off. All right. Well, let's start off with a big one. Uh, Google is jumping into AI in many areas. We've been hearing tons about this. Um you know, people are saying that a lot of the layoffs or um, sizing down of their their task force is because of some of the AI initiatives. Who knows if that's true or not? But the focus today's story is that they have now incorporated generative AI into their mapping application. So this is being tested out right now. Um, it's kind of early access, so closed beta thing to some specific areas. Um, and it's, you know, kind of an interesting application of, of generative AI where people who are using the Maps app could actually interact using natural language, right? Um, so this is like intuitive, you know, how do I discover new areas where I am? And I was just thinking about as I read through kind of the breakdown of how it works, like, you know, there's a lot of things that you potentially would want to ask the map rather than have to type it all in. Uh, for example, find me um, a Mexican style vegan restaurant, like, you know, something that's very specific, um, you know, or finding like thrift stores nearby that specialize in houseware, you know, something like that. Uh, so apparently it's taking voice commands and just making it really easier to explore some unfamiliar places for people uh, while they're traveling or even in their hometown. So right now they're saying that this will um, process information to over 250 million places and it's supplemented by insights that are contributed by community members, right? So people who live in that area that are participating in Google's local guides program. Um, so, you know, it's curating this list of like recommendations and aligning it with the user's needs. Pretty straightforward. I think that um, this is a good application of, of generative AI, like we just want to have a conversation, right? How can you help me find this? And I want to be as specific as possible. And I think that um, so often I find myself actually using voice, like talk to text. And so kind of being able to actually interact versus it just being a one way or one direction type of a feed, I think is really valuable um, because we're just looking for quick refined information. Um, and if we can do that with natural language, I think that's that's awesome. So I like this um, enhancement. I like the interactive aspects of this. Um, you know, there were several examples in in the um, 
I think it was Times Now News, a site where I read some of this information. So if you want to dive in deeper, you can reference that there. But um, yeah, I don't think this is like groundbreaking, but, you know, they're also integrating this um, and, you know, continuing to invest in this uh, with the Bard chatbot and then also the the tools into the Pixel phones. So think about this like going beyond just the Maps um, app itself, but really expanding. So any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't think it's anything unexpected or any rocket science here. I think this is a very, you know, useful and solid uh, expression of generative AI. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me that Google should be doing this with Maps. Obviously, they're the kings of search. Um, and there's no reason that, you know, when we're looking for things on, on a map, that it shouldn't, you know, operate, you know, in an easy, efficient way using voice um, that, you know, we're getting more and more comfortable with every day. I mean, I can tell you, I've talked about this before, I've got, you know, Google Maps and, and Apple Maps built into my car and my Volvo that I drive around. Uh, I'm always punching in, but usually I'm I'm keying it in you know, on the, uh, you know, the, the touchscreen keyboard, um, you know, what I'm looking for, or I'm speaking it. Um, but being able to have these nuances of combining things like saying, as the examples you gave, like, you know, a vegan, you know, Mexican pizza place or whatever, um, you know, these combinations of things, I think, um, you know, make it a little more interesting or a little more specific where we can be much more conversational in uh in how we express what we're looking for so i i really like it i think it makes sense i love the the sort of the breadth of it in terms of you know they're pulling from 300 million local guides uh to to kind of feed this machine if you will uh with the information maybe we should reach out to our good mutual friend uh tim uh, garcia and uh, who works in this group and see if he can come in and give us a little more insight on where this is going next. I understand this is just limited rollout in the US uh, to select local guide areas. Um, so maybe that's New York, I don't know. Maybe you should you should get early access to this, Abriana. I think I should. And let us know, but let's, let's uh, I'll, I'll reach out to Tim this week. Maybe we can get him to come on and talk, talk about this in a little more detail, but uh, I really like it. I think it makes a ton of sense um, for them and I think it's useful for all of us. So there you go. Yeah. Okay, jumping over now to uh, the UK, um, there is a company that, uh, you know, we've done some work with over the years, uh, part of the LBMA uh, organization called Location Sciences Group. And there's an announcement this week uh, that, um, and they're based in Cheltenham, um, part of, Lon uh, of London. And then there's another kind of location data company called Sorted Holdings, which is based in Manchester. And these two are coming together in a reverse takeover. So Location Sciences Group is essentially, and Sorted Holdings are becoming one company. Uh, there's a lot of very senior people in our industry involved in between these two companies. You have uh, the Boohoo uh, co-founders of Mahmoud uh, Kamani and uh, former uh, Zeus boss, Richard Hughes, you know, at the leadership of this. So, you know, a lot of expertise uh, in the space. Um, both companies have raised a significant amount of money over the years. Um, and, you know, I think part of this is kind of bringing the data side of what location sciences has really excelled at, in my opinion, uh, together with 
Sorted Holdings, which has built a very uh, nice SaaS business model, um, you know, in the e-commerce sector and has some kind of predictable, scalable revenue. Um, and so I think the combination of, you know, the data expertise, you know, and the SaaS model is really what makes this attractive. Um, uh, they say that, um, you know, they're kind of maintaining the staff here. Uh, Location Sciences Group is is going to raise an additional two million pounds in equity uh, to provide a working capital for growth um, once the deal goes through here. And they intend to change the sort of merged company name to Sorted Group Holdings. Um, so not a lot more to say about this, but, it, you know, it, I think it just speaks to you have two companies that have matured in a market in the UK um, and, you know, doing somewhat complementary things here coming together. And, and I think, you know, I've talked a lot on this show last year in particular about sort of just the maturity of our industry and, you know, more consolidation expected. So this is a good example of that. Yeah, I think this is definitely a good example of that. And I'm very interested to see how they leverage their two services and solution offerings together. I think um, obviously they've got some good ideas and something up their sleeve and how they're going to combine more of that um, e-commerce type of a, a SaaS, you know, predictable revenue side of things with the location verification, fraud, fraud prevention side of things um, that traditionally has come from location sciences. So I I don't know, I'm like kind of eager to dive in and, and understand a little better how they're they're thinking about blending their offerings and and what that is going to help them do um, and what kind of the key problems are they think they're going to solve better or more efficiently together. So excited to keep watching that one. There you go. Okay. So uh, we're going to kind of pause there before we uh, come to our final story for this week, because we have a guest interview and I had the uh, um, opportunity to sit down with Ege Akpinar, who's the uh, one of the founders and the, the CEO of Pointer, uh, Pointer Labs, that is. And they are, um, you know, a big player in the indoor uh, navigation and, and indoor mapping space, have some very unique technology uh, in that space um, and some very sophisticated mapping uh, technology as well. And so, um, yeah, just had a chance to, to catch up and uh, learn from from him kind of where uh, what they're doing and where, where we see the industry going from uh, from Pointer's perspective. So uh, here's that interview now. Um, and uh, we'll be back after that with uh, our final uh, final story. All right. It's uh, my great pleasure this week to have on our show uh, a special guest, Ege Akmanar. He's uh, the CEO of an LBMA member company called Pointer. Ege, welcome to Location Weekly. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I know you guys uh, you know, have been a part of the LBMA now for a little bit. And uh, maybe just for our members and, and, and viewers who don't know who Pointer is, Tell us a little bit about the company, where you're based, and what you're all about. It's a great question. Pointer is a technology platform for effectively indoor location maps and analytics for retail, but also other uh, verticals. So any building, small or large, we try to digitize them with our platform. Our North American headquarters is based in Boston, Mass, and then elsewhere for the rest of the world, we are based in London, uh, in the UK. So that's the 
in a very quick uh, introduction as to what the company, where the company is and what we do. Yeah, and there's a there's a you know a fairly good heritage to to the company, right? You guys have been around for for a while. Um, you know what makes? I mean, obviously, you know we uh, as an LBMA, you know we work with a lot of indoor you know mapping and navigation companies have for, for since the beginning in 2009. But uh, you know what makes your platform different uh, in the market, and you know how you approach things and some of the technology and patents that you have. That's, that's a great question. I think it would help to explain how we got started. So we got started in indoor, loca in, indoor location from some of our existing partners from a, a previous uh, background where they said they just tried different solution and it wouldn't work. And I'm, you know, the engineer in me said, hang on, we can solve this. And that's how we got started. Little did we know how complicated the journey could have been. But I'm very pleased to say after many years of R&D and around 25 patents, we really believe we cracked indoor location at scale. That was the first chapter of the business for us where we can now deploy indoor location remotely anywhere that, and it works out of the box. And it and you don't need to recalibrate it. So if you, for anyone, I'm sure you have lots of knowledge, knowledgeable listeners in your audience, they'll know indoor location isn't as easy as it sounds. It does have its challenges. And we've been, you know, Fixing a challenge after challenge, but today we are at a mature have a mature platform that using a lot of machine learning, a lot of smart kind of design decisions, we are able to provide a blue dot experience at scale. And I say when I say in scale, I mean thousands of buildings in, in basically minutes. That's kind of our indoor location side of things. Now, as we're making great progress there, some of our existing retail partners actually said, and this was originally Macy's, who said, you know, we love your indoor location. This might be, you know, or they said, we really like your indoor location. And they said, but our maps are so out of date that even if you have the best location service, the maps, unless they're up to date, it's not going to add the full value. And as you know, the users expect the full experience. You know, the, the location should be accurate. The maps should be up to date. And again, going back to that, you know, the engineering curiosity again, we said, hang on, we should be able to solve this problem too. And pretty much every map you've seen out there, it's a crowded space, there are many mapping companies, every map you've seen out there are pretty much built manually. There's a human behind it, taking a, some kind of a drawing, you know, cleaning it up and then and then, and then then shipping it to their customer. Now the challenge with that is if you're doing one building, yeah, that works. If you're doing hundreds, it's a different story. It's a different ball game completely. And from Macy's specifically, we found out their goal was literally to go from, we're updating our maps once every two years to can we update them once a year? If you've ever been to a region retail score, which I'm pretty sure you know you have and we, most of your listeners will have had, they change a lot. So even if you update them, say, six months later, by the time you've done your mapping work, guess what? It's already out of date. So you're kind of chasing your own tail. And so we said, okay, how can we apply? And again, I mean, again, I'm a computer science by background. I said, we said, how can we apply computer science? And this was actually an idea from our team said, can we apply computer science to this? And that's how we got, you know, involved in the mapping space. Five years and a lot of R&D later, I'm very pleased to say we produced the world's first AI build maps. So today our maps are built completely AI based. And that allows you to go from, you know, days and weeks of mapping to actually in seconds, we can produce maps. You submit a floor plan and turn an API, it will imagine them for you. 
That's how we're able to actually last year deploy the world's largest indoor mapping deployment. That's 350 million square feet. And we're currently in discussions with a billion square feet, a, a large partner, another 150 million square feet, another partner. That's the kind of scale we like. So in a long-winded way, our really claim to fame is indoor location at scale and AI-based indoor maps. Yeah, and, and I think- I, I, mining, You get scalable digital buildings at scale, basically. Yeah, and that's great. I, and I think the the mapping piece in particular, you know, is very appealing to a, a lot of big, you know, mass, you know, multi-location retailers um, because it, it's a huge problem, right? And, and the footprint is changing all the time. The layout is changing all the time. Uh, and staying current on that, I, I think, is is an ongoing challenge. So being able to do that with AI and be able to do that, you know, in a matter of minutes, I think, is is a huge benefit to a lot of these. So can you speak specifically to maybe, uh, you know, a, an example of a retailer that you've worked with and how that relationship has gone? Certainly. Before I do that, let me just quickly show you a quick demo so that you, you know, I think for your listeners, am I able to share my screen as if in this recording? Uh, yeah. Let me show you just one example of how it actually, so if I share my screen, we call this platform MapScale, this tool. So this is just a random example I found now, but effectively you get the original CAD file, our engine is able to automatically detect and turn this into a kind of simplified format and then turn this into 3D with even extracting the metadata from the actual original CAD file. This is an office example. The same applies to, again, retail, the same applies to hospitals, the same applies to any other vertical. And this is effectively replicating what a human does, but all purely using software. Awesome. This, and this is the speed at which we can digitize buildings. And that is what we believe is changing the game for indoor mapping out there. Come back to your question about the customer we helped. I think a good example would be Harrods. Uh, that's a million square feet department store with a ton of changes happening every night. And more recent example would be Home Depot. If you've ever been to a Home Depot store, which I hope you know most of us have been to, they are, it's a, it can be also a confusing experience with a large store and with lots of small items you're looking for through our platform, their maps get autom automatically digitized on a basically weekly basis. And if they want it, we could do it on a daily basis even. But weekly is you know more than good enough for them. The idea is how do you then, you know, keep it always up to date and through an API integration without anyone touching the maps, the maps just get automatically spit out, you know, processed through the AI engine, get sped out back to the SDK. And then if you use the Home Depot app, pick any store you want in the US and you'll see the 3D maps come, come alive. Uh, and that's all powered by our platform. And on top, you can search for products. So I can search for that, you know, the, the barbecue you're looking for that weekend, you can actually see it in your nearby store all through our kind of uh, all leveraged by our platform. They It's a partnership with them. So of course they build the app, they build some of the product search capabilities, but it's leveraging our platform to make those things happen. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we've all had those challenges as consumers, right? Going into a store like Home Depot, you know, you're looking for one specific thing. You know, there's not always an associate around to 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 lead you to that. And, you know, having the app, having accurate maps, being able to punch in tied to inventory, and get directed right to where that you know product is available. I think is uh, you know is, is 
all about efficiency and saving the customer time and, and making it you know easier on the store and saving you know resources on that side as well. So I think that's that, that's great. Um, okay, we just have like a, a minute left here, but uh, you know, looking into your crystal ball uh, in the you know the the space of indoor uh, navigation and mapping, what's coming next? Where where's our industry going? Let me find my crystal ball. I think what's coming next is we've had a lot of retailers have been trying to do this, you know, effectively replicate the website experience in their stores because on website is super efficient. It's a very easy experience for the customer. I search exactly what I need, find it right away. Again, we've all done this, so I don't need to bore you with the details. Stores are not going away, but they need to get smarter. But not having the maps up to date or not having location service or not having the app working, et cetera, all of these friction points effectively we're slowing it down. We believe we cracked the maps and location. What's coming next for us is the data. We recently launched our analytics dashboard. It's a true API, it's an API-driven dashboard where you're talking about, you know, what if I can tell you shoppers come to your store, search for X, but leave the store after 30 seconds. On website, people, you know, folks can currently measure that data today. They know what they're missing. In store, they have no idea. You can look at them through the camera. You're not going to see know what's on their mind. But they actually tell you what's on their mind. They're looking, they're searching for something. They're going to a certain corner of the store. So we're now, live, you know, bring that alive with some of our retail partners. So that's super exciting for us. And we also have one more announcement that will be, you know, uh, announcing in a month or two, which are which we're very excited about. So that's kind of from a pointer lens, from a general landscape view of the retail. Again, it's really that omni-channel experience, rep replicating the website experience in the store, and through hopefully platforms like ours. We're going to make that happen. And it is it's already started. So, you know, next time you're at the Home Depot store, it actually knows you so much better than it used to, maybe two years back. So it's starting. It's and then I think it will get more and more interesting. And the last but not least piece is also the additional piece about the associates with RFID being kind of a commonplace. Then you're now saying, okay, can I get real-time product inventory? We've all been to maybe a Best Buy and say, I'm looking for a product, but it's not on the shelf. How can we solve that problem for the associates and the back office? Those are some of the problems and challenges that really, that really excite us. And we believe, you know, we can we can help solve those uh, challenges. Love it. I, I mean, I think the data analytics piece in particular, you know, I, I'm excited about it's a It's a field I've been working in, obviously, uh, as well. Um, but uh, we definitely see the opportunities there. And I think tying the back office pieces to this makes a lot of sense as well. And there's a lot of people trying to play in that space. But... We really appreciate your time, uh, you know, today and coming and, and sharing your insights on uh, on Location Weekly. Thank you so much for that. I know you, you alluded to another announcement coming in a few months' time. Maybe we'll hear about that at Retail Loco uh, at Mall of America or something along those lines. But uh, we again, thank you so much, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to hearing from you soon. Take care. Thank, thank you for having me. Really pleasure to be on the call. And again, great to see that this has been going for such a long time. It's, it's honestly, uh, brings me back for so many good memories. So I appreciate you having me on here and yeah, looking forward to our next meeting. All right, bye-bye. Take care. All right, thanks, Ege. Uh, really appreciate that once again. And um, we look forward to catching up with you at uh, Retail Loco or wherever we see you next at, uh, at one of our events. But uh, appreciate the insights on where you see the industry going. Okay, our uh, our final story for this week now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about autonomous uh, retail stores, 
on robotics a little bit here. And so uh, we're here to talk about RoboMart. Now we've covered these guys, I think once before, this may be going back two years now uh, on uh, on the show, but they've announced a new partnership with a company called Pix Moving, P-I-X, that is, is how you spell that. So if you don't know RoboMart, they're a, uh, a US-based robotics company that has created self-driving smart shops. So these are essentially like uh, trailer retail stores on wheels that are self self driving, uh, and they signed this partnership with Pix Moving. And so, uh, essentially, um, the initial partnership here is focused on a deployment of stores in California. Uh, they're focusing initially on um, unmanned ice cream parlors, cafes, and quick serve restaurants. Um, so you know things that uh, you know we're all used to. Um, it's funny, you know, the timing of this story, because when I was at NRF uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, we were uh, there and uh, with our good friend Karsten and in a booth in the food service innovation area. And there was a lot of robotics. There was a lot of, you know, robots making pizza and robots making burgers and, and all kinds of things like this. So I think the sort of momentum, if you will, around uh, these sort of uh, ro robotic um food preparation and self-driving vehicles coming together. The timing is really interesting. Robomart already has many uh, customers in this space. They have partnerships with uh, Ben and Jerry's, uh, with Mars, with Fatty Mart and other companies. Uh, so they have about a uh, hundred of these plus, you know, stores out there already. And so, you know, this, this partnership with Pix Moving is just about expanding that uh, further and getting more and more of these um, self-driving uh, autonomous uh, retail stores out in the marketplace. And, you know, I like this because I think it's, it's different than when we talk about things like, you know, Amazon self-checkout technology, right? Typically those are you know, in a stadium or in, you know, in a, an office environment, you know, where it's, it's kind of built into that environment, you know, whereas these things that we're talking about are on the go, right? Um, and I think when we first talked about them, like there was even, uh, I don't know, actually, I don't even remember if it's Robomart or there was another company we were covering at the time, you know, that was based in China. And they had like a, a mobile app that consumers could basically like call the store to come to them. Um, and so I think, you know, we're going to see more and more of these, you know, as it, it, at the end of the day, it's about reducing operational costs, uh, for the retail side of things, but also being, you know, more convenient, uh, for the end consumer. Uh, so I love these kinds of partnerships and I love that, you know, we're seeing more and more of this, you know, come into, uh, you know, our communities and our environment. I think it makes sense in certain, especially in certain markets where, Maybe they're underserved. Maybe they're, it doesn't make sense to build a a Seven Eleven or to have a you know KFC there. But if you can bring one there, you know for, you know when it's it's needed or the demand uh, you know drives it there, you know or maybe there's you know a big sporting event happening or something that you know brings way more people to an area that aren't you know than than are normally there and you know having a a, a retail store or a pop-up you know food vending thing you know roll in you know to serve that community makes makes sense so uh i see lots of opportunities for these kinds of things what are your thoughts yeah i certainly see a lot of opportunity here it makes me think about like what's old is new again for sure one of the things i love about moving here to new york is that you know we have 
the local ice cream truck that comes by and um, not so much right now, but I would say like, you know, three seasons out of the year it's running. And especially in the summer, we take advantage of that. And I can call, you know, the, the truck guy and, and it's the same person typically all the time be like, Hey, I got, you know, six kids over here on this street. I don't personally have six kids, but you know, whatever summer fun days. So like it, and I think that this is really like just taking that a step further. So I love the, um, the simplicity of it and some, you know, way, shape or form. And I think there's a lot of ways to expand it beyond like the ice cream and some of just the, the quick goods that you might need around like, um, you know, self-care items, medicine, or, you know, things like that. But also thinking about it, you know, what if Whole Foods had a fleet, for example, and they could have like fresh fruit and vegetables that come on a daily basis or every other day to your street. Like those are the things I would love to take advantage of. And it reminds me of, you know, when you go to, when we go to Dominican Republic, for example, with my husband's family, like we have those, you know, the avocado guy drive, he's got his cart and he comes by and you hear him yell and you go out and you get your fresh avocados. And there's no, you know, that is just something that's like really important. And I think that a lot of times in a city or a place that you don't have a lot of room for um, a ton of storage, for example, you know, in your fridge, you want to have that day to day opportunity to do that. And so I can just see that there's like, a world of opportunity for this, where it is managed by something that's more automated, right? Um, but something that you can deliver and, and kind of demand and call to you. So, um, you know, you it miss, it's missing that like personal connection, but I think that it's more about the convenience factor a lot of times. And so I'm sure seeing a blend of like the old world with the ice cream trucks and the new world with you know, RoboMart is a, is a great opportunity ahead. Yeah. I like it a lot. And I, and I love your, you know, sort of what's old is new again, because it, it makes me think back to, you know, my youth and, and even with my kids, you know, we had the ice cream truck coming regularly in the neighborhood and you could call it and, and say, I have a bunch of kids here. Come over <laughs> now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we had also like the guy who comes around ringing the bell, like the, you know, to, uh, sharpen your blades on your, you know, your lawnmowers and these kinds of things, you know, like the, the sharpening guy. So that was cool. Um, you know, all of that kind of stuff, I think, um, you know, when I was really young, we used to have like soda pop delivered to the house every week, mm -hmm. uh, and it came in all these different flavors and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, like there was just, yeah, I think it's just a different thing, right. When you can sort of order these things or, or, or summon these things to come to you, uh, you know, on special occasions or, you know, just, you know, on a subscription basis or whatever the case might be, uh, depending on the models, but I like it. All right. So that's our show for this week. Uh, you've been listening and watching episode number 656 of Location Weekly. We thank you so much for your time. And um, if you have story ideas, please reach out to us. If you want to get involved in the LBMA, we'd love to hear from you too. Um there are a number of uh, LBMA conferences just around the corner in April, our European conference uh, near the uh, middle of the month. And then towards the end of the month, we'll be back in uh, Minneapolis at Mall of America for Retail Local uh, USA. So uh, we'd love to see you at those things. Um, and, uh, you know, feel free to reach out about any of that. And 
we uh, we'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening and watching. Uh, we'll see you next week for another show. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.